Please uh, join me in taking out your Bibles once again and turning to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. As we prepare to hear God speak to us through his word, let's speak to him again and ask for his help. Oh, Father, help us to be attentive, good listeners to the voice of Jesus as he speaks through his word by his spirit. Father, the Christian life is daily coming to Jesus, and so, Father, Give us a growing desire to come to him and find rest, find satisfaction, find our life. We pray in his name. Amen. After looking at Jesus say, I am the resurrection and the life, and then last week that he is the bread of life, today we are looking at Jesus' claim, his statement that he is the light of the world. Back in 1977, there was a song that spent 10 weeks at the top of the charts. 10 weeks. And until, I think, Elvis Presley had been before that. No one else had even come close. And, and that song, based on all the statistics, it was, it was uh, rated as the number one song of the 1970s. Now, for those of you alive in the 70s, you may remember what it is. Uh, those of you that are not alive in the 70s may have heard it, though, played. Does anybody know what that song is? Well, let me tell you, it was Pat Boone's daughter, Debbie Boone. And it was a song coming from a film with the title, You Light Up My Life. You Light Up my life. Now, she wasn't the original singer. She covered it, and it became the number one hit of the 1970s. You light up my life. Now, if someone says that to you, says that about you, sings that to you, I, I bet if you're like me, you're encouraged, right? Who would, who would not like to hear those words? You light up my life. You brighten my life. I mean, I, you would feel good, right? You'd feel thankful, but what if someone says to you or, or sings to you, I light up your life? Now, what's your response to that? I think you'd be stunned, right? Who on earth would say to you, to your face, I light up your life? Would you think that is incredibly arrogant for someone to say? <laughs> but whoever would say something like that, that it's not a lie, not a boast, not a brag, but a matter of fact. Now, we just sang a few moments ago, I heard the voice of Jesus say, I am this dark world's light. Were any of you all stopped in your tracks I mean, we were talking, I think, in the Sunday school class earlier about singing Mighty Fortress is our God, and sometimes we don't just feel the weight of that. But we all sang it, right? I am this dark world's light. Are we amazed? Are we, is our breath taken away? 
Because we live in a dark world. Uh, There's a dark world in each of us as well, still. Jesus makes amazing statements. I am. He not only makes statements, he, he, he asks questions. Because we know that in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, three times, we hear this question that Jesus asked, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? We know in in Matthew 11 that we sang a bit about about Jesus' invitation to come to him and find rest. That he says, I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Now in John, there are seven signs that point to Jesus as the Messiah. And in John, there are seven statements as we're walking our way through them of self-identification where Jesus says, I'm the bread of life, the light of the world, the door of the sheep, the good shepherd, the resurrection and the life, the way, the truth, and the life, and the true vine. Jesus uses these images and figurative symbols. Uh, Last week it was bread, this week it's light. It'll be shepherd and it'll be vine. He uses them to, to make himself known. Interestingly, Jesus directly makes these statements And yet he indirectly tells us who he is. Because together they paint a picture of who Jesus is and what he came to do. And they help us all grow in our understanding of who Jesus is, what he came to do, and significantly how we are to respond to him. You could say a lot about the Christian life. And there are books and books and books that have been written, that are being written, and will be written about the Christian life. But it really does boil down to this one central dominant and governing relationship. And that is the one someone has with Jesus. So let's get to know Jesus a bit better by listening to him as he speaks and tells us about himself. Last week, Jesus said that he was the bread of life. We feed on him. And live. This week, Jesus says he's the light of the world. We follow him and live. Now, in the Gospel of John, there are certain themes that run through it. Life is a huge theme, and in fact, it's a fun study just to see the times light is mentioned in the Gospel of John. But there's also the theme of light. Remember at the end of John, John chapter 20, he's got his purpose statement, his conclusion. It summarizes the whole book. It's a call for faith that leads to life. It provides the overall context for these seven I am statements. John writes, but these are written so that you would believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name, abundant life, eternal life. Well, let's turn back to John chapter 1. And and here, John is going to start off talking about life and light. Listen to verses 1, excuse me, verses 4 through 5 and 9. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And then down to verse 9. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. In in him was life. 
and the life was the light of men. Well, this second great self-disclosure of Jesus here found in the Gospel of John is Jesus' claim that he is the light of the world. Join with me as I read just a few verses uh, back in chapter 7, verses 37 through 44, and then skipping over to chapter 8, verses 12 through 14. So back at the Feast of the Tabernacles, the Feast of Booths, we read in verse 37 of chapter 7. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now, now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive, for as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. And when they heard these words, some of the people said, this really is the prophet. Others said, this is the Christ. But some said, is the Christ to come from Galilee? Has not the scripture said that the Christ comes from the offspring of David and comes from Bethlehem, the village where David was? So there was a division among the people over him. Some of them wanted to arrest him, but no one laid hands on him. And now over to chapter 8, verses 12 through 14. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, you are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Jesus answered, even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true. For I know where I came from and where I'm going. But you do not know where I come from or where I am going. Well, what's going on when Jesus makes that statement? I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Well, our approach to understanding what Jesus means is going to be to examine four aspects of this one verse. We'll, we'll see there's a picture, a claim, a call, and a promise. We're going to take a look at the picture, the claim, the call, and the promise. So the picture. The light of the world. That is a huge metaphor. It, 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 think about the magnitude of that. The, I am the light, Jesus says, of the world. Remember, it's a picture. He's using that metaphor. There's a bit of figurative language in the Bible. We, we take it literally when we take it literarily. It's a metaphor. It's a literary figure of speech concerning two objects. We get to know one by another. We, we think about light, and we're going to get to know Jesus a bit better. Think with me about physical light. Think general revelation. The wonder of it, the life, the truth, the joy, as well as the danger. Think about it. Light is a basic source of life. Living things need light. The sun shines, plants grow. Light is a, is a basic source of truth. It's how we get information. We, we see the object. 
We, we've got to have light to see something. We've got to have light to read. You couldn't read in the absolute darkness. It's a basic source of joy. Uh, y'all have heard of that thing called SAD, right? Seasonal Affective Disorder, right? If you live in Alaska, you know, where the sun doesn't ever rise certain times a year, I mean, more people, they say, are affected by this seasonal affective disorder. You find comfort by going into the light, getting out of the dark. But, but there's not just wonder, but there's, there's a danger of light, uh, unmediated, unprotected. Think about skin cancer. Light can be deeply disturbing. It shows us what we really look like. Maybe that's why some of us, when we look in the mirror, we like the light to be low, not bright. We need light for life, for truth, for joy. But sometimes when we get it, we're also disturbed. Maybe even deeply disturbed. So that's a few words about physical light, kind of the general revelation aspect of light. Well, let's think about biblical light, the special revelation, God's presence, his salvation, his revelation. Again, light is one of the great images in the Bible from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. The theme, the picture of light. As I said, it's a dominant theme in John's gospel. It's often referring to Uh, belief versus unbelief when we hear light versus darkness. Biblical light is a, it represents God's presence. Psalm 4, 6, lift up the light of your face upon us, O Lord. God's salvation, Psalm 27, 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Their light and salvation are, are pretty much the same thing. Not two different things, It's referring to salvation with this idea of light. And then as you heard earlier, God's revelation, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So that is the profound and amazing picture that is being presented. The light of the world. General revelation, special revelation. Uh, The physical, the spiritual. But Jesus doesn't stop. He he, he doesn't just use an expression. He he makes a claim. I am. Not just the magnitude of the metaphor, the picture, the magnitude of the claim. I am. He, he, He could just say I. He's drawing attention. He's he's highlighted it. Not just, I, it's hard for us to grasp, but he's making a huge claim. I am, as Lewis, C.S. Lewis would say, somebody that makes those kind of claims, they're either a liar, they're a lunatic, or they're the Lord. It's staggering. And yet, we had read that they didn't arrest him, they didn't kill him. It's time not yet come. Well, where is Jesus saying this? And, and when is he saying this? It's at the end of the Feast of Booths. It's at the end of the Feast of the Tabernacles. It's harvest time. It's a, it's a, a celebration 
in the history of God's people to commemorate and celebrate God's fatherly care, his provision for his people during the time in the wilderness. Remember the time of the Exodus in the wilderness. God gave shelter, God gave water, and God gave light, a pillar of fire to guide his people. And in this festival, in this feast, there was a giant candelabra of four torches representing that light that God had guided his people with. And at the last night of the festival or the feast, the lights are going out. The the, the feast is coming to an end and the lights are going out. There's a sadness. There's a There's a a departure, as it were, of glory. Just as Jesus said that out of me comes living water, he said that in the context of water at the festival being poured. And here, as the lights have gone down, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. You see, Jesus is claiming that he's the glory of God come to earth. The radiance of the glory of God is Hebrews tells us. He's claiming that that he is the one source as light of life, of truth and joy. Jesus is not the moon that somehow reflects light. Rather, he's saying, I'm like the sun who shines. There's ultimate life, that eternal life that John speaks of. There's, There's truth, the only way to know God, and there's joy. I'm not the scientist that I hope I would be, but I understand that, that, that color has to do with the refraction of light. Is that right? That we see color because light is reflected through prisms and things like that. So here's Jesus using not only ultimate life and truth, but, but joy and beauty. I am the glory light. I'm what you're longing for I don't point to God, Jesus is saying in so many words, I, I, I am God, come to you. See, Jesus in this festival, in this feast, by speaking these words, he's saying that he is the true exodus. He's the escape. He is the deliverance for his people. So Jesus, in saying this, I am the light of the world, he's painting a picture. He's making a staggering claim. And he announces a call. To follow him. Because verse 12 says this Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. It's a call to follow. It's a call to follow Jesus. Let's um, explore that in, in three words. Whoever, right? Whoever follows me. The call goes out to everyone listening. Remember, the gospel call is is inclusive, whoever. But we'll see in a moment, it's exclusive also. Whoever follows me. A person who does that is in the light, right? Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. They'll be in the light because they have the light of life. Well, think with me for a moment about the simple expression, follow. What does it mean to follow? Have you ever thought about that? Well, when you're following, you don't get to choose where you're going, 
Why? Because you're following. When you're following, if you get ahead of who you're following, you're no longer following, right? Because you're ahead of them. If you lose sight of them, you're no longer following. You don't get to determine the speed, whether it's slow or fast, because that's all determined by who you're following. What does it mean to follow Jesus? Well, it means you follow a person. You become like that person. You're not following teaching, although Jesus teaches. You're not following an example, although Jesus is an example. You're following a person. And it means living uh, consistently, walking with Jesus, following him, living consistently. You're the same in the daytime and the nighttime. It means living attractively. Remember, Jesus says, you are the light of the world. In Matthew 5, 4, are people amazed? You're walking in the light and you have the light of life. And it means living courageously because as light, you will expose things. You'll expose people. Why? Because that's what light does. Whoever follows the teaching of Jesus, whoever follows just this example of Jesus, no, whoever follows me. If that first claim, I am the bread of life, wasn't staggering enough, this claim, I am the light of the world. We're not following a philosophy, we're following a person. Okay, so what's the payoff, the benefit? Jesus doesn't just command. I mean, that would be enough, right? He doesn't just command. He woos us. He persuades us because he not only gives us a call, but he gives us a promise, right? You've already heard it. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of of life. And there's two aspects to this promise. One's framed negative and the other positive. Will not walk in darkness. That's one side of the coin. It's the negative side. Remember every Advent. Even when it's not Advent, where do we go often? Isaiah 9. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light, those who dwell in a land of deep darkness. On them, light has shined. Light has now shined through the promised Messiah. And those following him are walking in the light. So not walk in darkness. What does that mean? Well, one meaning could be to not walk in sin, not habitually live in sin. A professor in seminary, uh, the late David Pallison, gave an illustration that was super helpful to me through the years, and I hope it's helpful to you, that the Christian life is a video, it's not a snapshot. Because some of our snapshots, I think, rightly would condemn us, right? But what do we see in the video? We see us recognizing our sin, confessing our sin, asking God for forgiveness, asking others for help. The video is beautiful. It's the man who's got a yo-yo going up and down, walking up the stairs. 
It's sanctification. It's growth in grace. My friends, if you find yourself looking at just the snapshot of your life, remember, it's not just a snapshot. It's the video. God is gracious to those he calls. And another meaning could be not walking in fear, but in the freedom that we have in Christ. So the negative is, to not, is not walking in darkness. But here's the positive. We'll have the light of life. Hark the herald angels sing. Another Charles Wesley hymn. Hail the heaven-born prince of peace. Hail the son of righteousness. Light and life to all he brings. Risen with healing in his wings. Light and life to all he brings. This light gives life. This light sustains life. And notice, will have the light of life. Not know about, not see it in others, but it's a personal possession. Have the light. Promises made in Jesus are promises kept. This is a powerful statement of who Jesus is and what he came to do. Uh, This picture that he paints, this claim that he makes, this call that he issues, this promise that he gives. Last week, it was the image of bread, right? Believe, come to him, believe in him, and live. Here with this image of light, it's follow and live. Jesus says, I am. He's the one who is the light that drives out the darkness. He's the light that gives and sustains life. And by saying I am, by implication, Jesus also says what? You are. You are either someone following Jesus or someone who's not following Jesus. You know, he leads, we follow. You know, there's always the temptation, you know, are you a leader? You know, the world needs leaders, you know? I mean, true, like the leaders of a church should be servant leaders, right? And there's there's a... There's an importance to good leadership, right? In business, in the home, in society, in the church, right? But how much of a, how many of us think, I want to be a follower? I want to be a good, faithful follower. See, Jesus is leading the way. We're following. We're saying what? I may not know the way to go, but oh, I know my guide. His love can never fail. His love can never fail. My friends, is your heart satisfied right now because even if you're in the midst of the crazy and the difficult, you've got your eyes on Jesus who is the light. And because he's the light, when you're following him, 
You're walking in the light. And you've got the light of life. Jesus leads. We follow. You don't follow his teachings so much as you follow him. Somewhere in John, Jesus says, you search the scriptures because you think you'll have life, but you refuse to come to me. I am life. The scriptures point to me, Jesus says. So we need to end with two questions, a question that we must ask and answer and a question that we must be asked and answer. Because it's not just who is Jesus, that's an important question that we need to answer. But another question is this, who am I? Who am I really in relationship with Jesus? Jesus, who he is and who he declares himself to be, he says he's the light of the world. And Jesus can say with absolute authority and integrity, I and I alone light up your life. My friend, that song It'll stay at the top of the charts forever, won't it? And it's not an arrogant statement when it's made by Jesus. I light up your life. My friends, Jesus is the light of the world. And he is calling all of us today to come to him, to follow him, so that we would no longer walk in darkness, but we would have we would have the light of life now and forever. My friends, rejoice that God makes himself known through Jesus. And this is by no uncertain terms a staggering claim. But we know it's true. Come to Jesus and live in his light. Amen, let's pray. Father, we have walked in darkness and we have seen a great light. But Father, sometimes uh, we, we love darkness more than we love light. And so Father, would you be pleased today to draw us like moths to a flame more and more to the bright and true and good and great and gracious and merciful light of Jesus. Father, this world is at times a really dark place and our own hearts to the degree that I believe, help my unbelief is still our prayer. There's darkness in our own hearts. So Father, help us by your grace to step into the light that Jesus is and that Jesus gives and help us to follow him all our days. For we pray with great confidence and trust looking to Jesus. Amen.